Wednesday and welcome to Minute 148 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me once again this week is Will Slater of Exploding Helicopter. Welcome back, Will. Hello, Rob. Yeah, good to be back uh, for another day looking at another minute of the Great Escape. Yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've found some very interesting things the last two days. Let's, let's see what else we can come up. Yeah, let's hope we haven't peaked. And now the downward slide. Well, let's, make sure, let's make sure that's not the case. They always say that Wednesday is hump day, so, you know, you never know. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see how that how that plays out. Minute 148 begins with the, the plane going airborne and ends with Hiltz riding towards freedom. So, as we've been discussing the last two days, Henley and Blythe have miraculously stolen a plane without any, either of them getting injured or getting shot because there are, there's nobody on this base. They, they found the one base around the uh, country with nobody there. So that worked. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Then the, the Luftwaffe are totally uninterested in this, this plane that is now, you know, just flying across Germany. Exactly. So the plane takes off. And as, as you, you, you uh, touched upon yesterday, the first thing I wanted to talk about today is the fact that nobody is in pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody whatsoever. I mean, you had the, we, yesterday we talked about the two guys in the traffic control tower. One of them's on the phone. He really must have been on the phone's wife because you know he didn't he didn't wake up the pilots you know, to to run out and you know try to catch this this plane. Maybe maybe that's why Henley chose this plane that nobody would care. Well, maybe maybe these uh, these kind of you know German the guard and these guys in the air air traffic control tower. Maybe they got together and they just thought, you know what. We will be in big trouble if anyone finds out about this. Why don't we all just pretend it never happened? I mean, that, that plane they've stolen is a, is a trainer. So, I mean, maybe they could just get away with, um, you know, just sort of pretending it, it the whole thing never happened. It's very possible. That's maybe why there's no pursuit, because they just realise, oh, you know what? We're going to be put up against the wall and shot here. So uh, we'll just say, oh, it's that... Oh yeah, that train—it's off for maintenance. It, you know, no, no one ever sees it again, and uh, yeah, the whole thing never happened. It's very true. Now, I, I love watching the way that this plane takes off because it doesn't go straight. <laughs> <laughs> he dips as he's going out. So once again, it shows that Hens is is a much better scrounger than than pilot. <laughs> I mean, can we? <laughs> Apparently, there's a reason he got shot down. <laughs> I mean, as, this, as, as we sort of said, you know, he is the scrounger, you know, perhaps he's got this, uh, perhaps in his backstory, he's got this, you know, history of, of, of larceny, you know, you know, perhaps he is a bit of a, perhaps a grifter. I mean, do we, I mean, how much of a pilot is he really? I mean, this is, I think, you know, questions perhaps now need to be, to be asked about his qualifications for, for being behind the controls here. Ah, you know what, that, you just reminded me, maybe he's, he's, you know, similar to, what's his name, Commander Shields, Commander from Bridge of the River Kwai, where he actually, you know, when he was when he was captured, he pretended to be an officer. Mm. Uh, so maybe maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe uh, Henley is not really a pilot. No. Ah. I think we need uh, to get uh, Christopher, Christopher Reeve to lead an investigation into uh, other things. I think that's going to be very difficult. <laughs> to get either James Garner or Chris Reeve to help out. Sorry, it was Shears. It was Commander Shears, not Shields. It, William Holden's role, Bridge on the River Kwai, where, where you know, he admits that he he's just a little swab jockey, you know, that that that, that found a dead un, found a uniform of a of a, a dead officer, decided to take that 
and hoping to get treated better. Maybe that's what happened with uh, Henley. Well, that, that would be great. I think we should uh, keep a close eye on him for the rest of uh, for the rest of this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Uh, Maybe we'll there would be some of, more clues. We'll see how good of a pilot he really is. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the plane takes off, and the the cinematography here is amazing. Mm. The the shot. I mean, this, this is uh, Daniel Frapp. I think is is the name of the the cinematographer. Frapp, Flap, something like that. Daniel Fapp. Sorry, was the cinematographer. And the, the shot of the plane against the, you know, above the trees, it's all, it's really beautiful to look at. The, the whole forest is, is it's a very lush forest. You know, mm. it shows, you know, that, that they probably should have actually gone through the forest. It would have been, you know, they would have concealed themselves a little better than being the plane yeah. above the forest. Well, I think it's a feature of a lot of John Sturges's movies is the, is the cinematography. I mean, uh, you know, he's a lot of fantastically shot films, you know, The Magnificent Seven, uh, you know, bad day at uh, at Black Rock. Um, Black the, Rock. The Law and Jake Wade is a film that I really like a lot. And again, the the photography of landscape in in that film is is fantastic. So yeah, certainly you know John Sturgis as a director definitely has you know a real eye for um, you know kind of widescreen. You know how to use a, a widescreen. You know how to get the most of that. Uh, you know in a in a cinema feature film. There's no question about that. I mean. It's it's great looking at the way that this is shot. I'm gonna have to actually take a look at the the lawn, Jack, Jake Wade. That actually sounds very interesting. Oh, it's a, a very very good uh, very good film. Right? No, it, it wasn't shot by uh, Fat. Yes, it was great. Shot by Robert Surtees. That was the the name of. I have to take a look at that for that one. So yeah, so we see the plane flying, and we then we see we see the two of them inside the plane, which is obviously very fake. <laughs> 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 they are not in a real plane. They are in a cockpit. <laughs> That's being moved back and forth. <laughs> yeah, back uh, back projection. Um, well, it kind of, I was going to say it's moved on since then, but uh, I was watching some stuff recently and I was thinking the back projection here is, 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 is really very shoddy. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's of its time. And I don't think it is. I don't think it's particularly distracting. If you've, if you've watched a lot of films of this vintage, it's it's par for the course. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's not something that that bothered me until I watched it just as a minute. Mm. You know, I've seen it so many times that you just don't pay any attention. But when you're looking at it in much more detail, <laughs> you will notice things that you didn't think of beforehand. Definitely. And first of all, we discussed uh, yesterday about the score. At this point, they changed the score, and we get a very optimistic uh, beat of the music, telling us, "Okay, these guys are now get free. You know, they're they're mm. they're going in the right direction." towards Switzerland. <laughs> and and then Henley gives Blythe a thumbs up. Now, <laughs> I think uh, James Garner forgot that, you know, Blythe is supposed to be blind. <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily give a thumbs up to someone who's blind without saying no. something along the way. <laughs> you know, he gives him the thumbs up and then he hand down and then he goes, next stop, Switzerland. Make up your mind. <laughs> And he doesn't even catch himself. It's not as if he, he, you know, gives him a thumbs up and then realizes, wait a second, he's not going to be able to see that. And then, oh, next stop, Switzerland. You know, it just completely flows. Yeah, I think it's, I guess it's, I guess it's for the audience's benefit. Uh, certainly not meant to be for Blythe's. Wait, the next stop, Switzerland, or thumbs up? The thumbs yeah, up. He gives a thumbs up right in front of uh, Blythe's face. 
He doesn't do it. He doesn't put his hand out the window towards the towards the you know the audience. That would have been really funny if he put his hand out to the audience. Here you go. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I've done it really well. And and then after he says next stop Switzerland, so uh, Blythe then begins smirking and smiling in a giddy way, which which makes him actually look pretty scary. <laughs> it's like a Hannibal Lecter type of uh, laugh. Yeah, some of his facial reactions here are a little a little odd, and I think it sort of touches on that that uh, aspect that we were talking about uh, previously, where uh, you know it can be a bit tricky as a sighted actor, uh, you know, playing a playing a blind character. And I think, yeah, this, this is a, a moment that uh, betrays that uh, again, you know, with those uh, yeah Hannibal Lecter yes. faces that he's pulling. Oh well, they couldn't get anything out, so they figured they'll they'll let that unpleasant do something. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, wait, how old was he at the time? He, I mean, he was actually, he was, he was still, uh, he was in his 20s at the time. So he might have, he might have actually fit in. <laughs> wait, he was born in 37. Yeah, possibly. So this, he was 25. Yeah. Yeah, we could have yeah. definitely had him in this he, then. He's in so many other movies, you know, in the 60s and 70s that you never would have noticed. <laughs> Well, in the sixties, he was mostly yes. a stage actor. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it wasn't until I think sort of really seventies that he started moving over, yeah. more over into films. But uh, you know, we we could have we could it would have been possible to have him in this, which would have been interesting yes. for historical yes. purposes, if nothing else. Completely. So, at this point, for this minute at least, we're we're done with with the two of them because they they do a nice fade between the two shots here. Mm. You know, we see them in the plane, smiling, looking for some fava beans. <laughs> a nice Chianti. Exactly. And then we get to see another really nice landscape that is nice and quiet for a fraction of a second, and then the quiet is broken by the sound of a motorcycle. Yes. And we get to see a motorcycle ride through, and obviously we know who's on that motorcycle. We see McQueen, who obviously one of the prisoners in real life you know, did something like this. <laughs> you know, just yeah. driving my motorcycle in, you know, in your normal American, I wouldn't even call it uniform, but your American clothes in the middle of World War II going towards the border. Well, McQueen does look like he's in a Gap advert, doesn't he? Yes. In, the, in this particular film. Completely. And uh, I, th- I think I think Gap actually used uh, images of Steve McQueen um, in some of their old, uh, in some of their old ad campaigns back in the 90s. I don't know if they were images of Steve McQueen from the Great Escape, but uh, yeah, with the with his sweatshirt and uh, uh, car keys and his uh, you know sort of aviator jacket, he's he's got that sort of worn in workwear look that uh, utility chic, I think they call it. That yeah. that uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, sort of definitely sort of fits in with uh, with Gap's kind of uh, raison d'être as a brand. Completely. And as the uh, motorcycle is going by, it actually passes this barn. Could you could you read what was on the barn? Because I I tried, but uh, I couldn't quite make it out. Yes, I could. Now, first of all, excellent. First of all, the the most interesting thing about this barn is is that <laughs> the 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 bottom three quarters of it are spray painted in black, with two large swastikas next to them. Mm. Now, just in case you were wondering what country we we're in at this moment. Exactly. <laughs> uh, wait, what countries? <laughs> And basically, uh, not this shot, but in a few seconds from now, you're actually able to read what it says on the, on on the that barn, you know. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. 
So he continues riding down this road. He reaches a crossroad, which is a funny crossroad because on the one hand, the road continues going and you can see that he's at the border. You see all the guards at the border. You see the flags at the border. But the, the, the left-hand side of the crossroad looks like a dirt road. It looks like, okay, this is your last chance to escape trying to get border. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he basically just stops there, which also is not very bright. <laughs> and as he's stopping there, you see a lot of the guards that are standing around by the fence start to get a little suspicious. Mm. They're not suspicious until he stops. He stops, and then they actually can see who he is, and they start crowding around, walking towards where he is. And then we get a shot of two more motorcycles pursuing him down the, the road that he came from. And at that moment, you can actually read what is said on this bar. Now, once again, forgive me, everyone who speaks German. My German is atrocious. My pronunciation of German is worse. So it says, Unsir meun... Brechen aber unsir herzen nicht. What I was able to get as the translation is, is our walls don't break, but our hearts do not break. Now, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I looked it over mm. five times because it would make more sense to say our walls do not break, but our hearts do. You know, yeah. It, it's not a contrast here. They're not saying this yes and this no. They're saying this no mm. and this no. <laughs> So I wasn't able to really figure out what, what this is trying to, to say. I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I can offer you no yeah. suggestion. I mean, that's a very baffling. Again, uh, I, I, I liked know if... that, that, you know, the slogan that they're basically showing towards the Swiss are, our walls do not break. That, that works. Mm. You know, that makes sense. <laughs> but how does that fit into our hearts don't break? You know, that, that's the, the thing that, that, that gets me here. Because the, the word unseer is, is our. Okay, that, that mm. I checked. And morin, or morn, M-A-U-E-R, okay, means walls. Okay, so we got our walls. And then brechen, which basically sounds like someone just clearing their throat. Break. Okay, and then, so it's, wait, so maybe it's saying our walls do break? Because nicht means don't. That I know. So, uh, once again, let's just continue going word by word. So, aber means but. Okay. Then we get unsirgen, un which means our, and herzen, nicht. So, maybe what they're saying is, is maybe, maybe uh, to translate, that's really weird. Because what it sounds to me that it should be saying is, our walls may break, but our hearts will not. Yeah. That makes some kind of sense. That actually sense. Makes, makes more sense. But, you know... When, when I did Google Translate, it didn't tell mm. me that, which is which is pretty strange. Maybe they, they got something. Maybe maybe I miswrote something at the time. I don't well, know. I mean, it's not. It's entirely possible that what got painted on the side of that barn was was painted up there by a set designer who had as uh, flimsy a grasp as German as we do, and uh, that uh, you know it was something that you know didn't didn't really make sense and. You know, something they didn't expect uh, people to be examining in uh, microscopic detail 60 years uh, in the future. So it, it, it might, you know, the, you know the, the ability to not make sense of it might actually be just a result of the fact it never made sense to start with. Right. But but OK. So when I when I look at it via Google Translate and I take out the last word, nicht, OK, then it just says our walls break, but our hearts 
and then but but if I add Licht in there, then it, it puts the don't on both of them. So I have a feeling that what it should be is is our walls may break, but our hearts will not. That makes a kind of sense. I want you to oh, paint I that on a barn, but that uh, makes more sense. there you go. Maybe well, maybe it's taunting at you know they're they're at the border. They might say you might be able to to break through our mm. lines, but you're not going to be able to break you know break our spirit. But we're, we're, I mean, the Swiss were keeping well out of World War Two, so uh, I, you know, I'm not. <laughs> it seems things a bit of needless. I mean, you know, of all the of all the threats to Germany at that point, uh, I don't think Switzerland was uh, was foremost among them. Yes, that's true. Uh, okay, it was interesting. You know, it's a, <laughs> it I, was, I always yeah. find it interesting. I always <laughs> find it interesting trying to translate, you know, uh, little signs here and there to see if they actually make sense. This one sort of makes sense. We'll we'll, we'll give them a little bit of credit for that one. But as you said, it's pointed at the wrong border. <laughs> but that's fine. So then we the, the the two motorcycles that are in pursuit. Hiltz looks looks around. He looks back behind him at who's chasing him, and then he looks to the left. He doesn't look to the to 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 the right where the fence is. You know, so he's was he debating? Should I go back or should I, you know, continue away from the border? You know that that. It is a little bit hard to work out what McQueen is looking for at this particular moment. Um, you know, uh, it's it's almost like, oh, I get to the border and then, I, you know, maybe he's just like, OK, you know, he hasn't actually thought that final step. OK, how am I going to get through it or across it? And uh, maybe that's what's going through his mind here is he's kind right. of like got to the, the very last step and it's like, oh, OK. How do I do this last bit? Right. And then I've he looks in the other no direction idea. and sees two more motorcycles coming at him from that direction. So he's maybe that's what it is. He was looking in that direction to see if he can get by there. He sees that he can't go down that part of the road because there are two motorcycles coming from there. You see, mm. again, Henley, Henley and Colin stole a plane and no one chases after them. Hiltz steals one motorcycle and he's got four motorcyclists after <laughs> So I guess I guess a motorcycle is, is a much more uh, is a higher commodity. Nazi Germany, the train airplane. Clearly, all of the evidence on screen cool. in this film tells us that. Uh, so then he basically just decides that he's going to take off in the. <laughs> so I, I love how he pushes himself off. You know, like he, you know, like when you see a horse counting. So like he moves his leg two times mm. on the ground in order to to push himself <laughs> off into the into the field, and then he. It's a nice. It's a nice minute of motoring yes. that we get here. I I, en- uh, I enjoy. We get even more. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could watch you know how you know people create these like very slowed down sort of you know videos i could i could watch a, a very you know slowed down video of just steve mcqueen sort of motorcycling over the undulating uh german countryside here i think you know it could almost be uh yeah if you put it in a gallery you could probably you know convince the, the the public that this was uh, some sort some form of video installation. Yeah, well, just just save the the minute, you know, you'll, and you can just keep <laughs> watching that minute over and over, and you'll see it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do, I, until that uh, exhibition opens, I'll there do that instead. There you go. I look forward to coming and visiting England to see that that exhibition when you open it up. Will. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we we see another motorcyclist in pursuit. Uh, who who does a very interesting and slick move? He he passes, he misses the crossroad, slows himself down with his leg, does a circular motion with you know in order to do a U turn on the uh, the bike, and then goes back around in order to 
to continue on at the crossroad. My, Just showing off, really, isn't he, at this moment? Whoever's on, whoever's on that, uh, the stuntman on that motorcycle. Yeah, the, the question is, it, who is that stuntman? Because there are rumors <laughs> that it is actually Steve McQueen. Yes, because he, apparently he, he did quite a bit of the... Um, you know, he was dressing up as a German officer and and doing some of the motors. You know, something doing, uh, uh, being the rider in, of uh, some of the other motorcycles in yeah. the scene. So yeah, I I don't know. I, I I didn't look like McQueen to me, but I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah, I mean, basically, from what I've heard, he he chased himself in one point via movie magic. <laughs> Brilliant. That he was able to, you know, he he was one of the German soldiers, and and it would make sense that it's actually the one that we just saw do that do the that that move because on the one hand he's showing off, on the other hand he's got goggles mm. so you can't see his face. Yeah, well, I have to go yeah, back I, and have I'll, a look. I'll never be able to figure it out whether it really is him or not, but you never know. And then I mean that that motorcyclist over overtakes the the motorcycle with the sidecar that he that that turned on crossroad before him so again it could be steve mcqueen trying to show off and pass the other you know or it could also have been but elkin showing off you know it could have been either of them that, that it's always a possibility and then we get another shot of uh, you know hilts driving through the countryside uh ruining the grass because you see <laughs> you can see the track marks that he's making and then what's great is he comes up the hill and you see him bouncing the the motorcycle mm. up the hill as he's coming up, which was uh, great. And he's coming right towards the camera and then just just misses the camera and goes like right by it. Uh, again, showing off. No question about that. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, you know, McQueen's loving to ride a, a motorcycle on, on screen in the, in this movie. Obviously, he was a, obviously a massive motorcycle fan in in real life. And uh, he's, he's clearly relishing uh the opportunity to, to ride one uh, here. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a scene that was cut out of the original script that when they were still in the prison camp, they had, they there was a, um, a motorcycle officer that was standing, that was uh, standing by his motorcycle outside of the, the gate and Hiltz walks up to him and starts chatting him up about what type of motorcycle it is and is trying to one-up him on all of the things that this guard is telling him, you know, similar to the conversation that Henley has with uh, Werner, you know, uh -huh. how many Boy Scouts uh, How many yeah. Boy Scout certificates did you get? Badges did you get? And he says, "Oh, I had eighteen. He goes, "Oh, I had nineteen or nineteen and twenty. I don't remember." So it was, it was a similar type of scene. Which again, I know why they cut it out, but it's just funny to think about because McQueen was very adamant to be as many motorcycle shots of him as possible. And then we get to see him riding off towards the direction of uh, Switzerland as the minute cuts off. You have anything else you want to say about this minute? No, I'm uh, I'm all good on uh, this minute. All right, so why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with me? Sure, if you want to uh, find out more about films with helicopters exploding, come and check out our website, explodinghelicopter.com. Uh, we're also a podcast, so you can find us on uh, wherever you get your pods. Just look for Exploding Helicopter. Or come say hello to me on social media. I'm mostly on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, come say hi to me there, at Chopper Fireball. All right, sounds, like, sounds great. You can get in touch with us by going to our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. Our Facebook group is Booler. And our email address is TheGreatMinute at gmail.com. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho. Tally-ho.
Everyone, because we're winding down and we have less than 30 episodes left, I decided I'm going to do something very special for the final episode of this podcast. If anyone can please send us any questions, we're going to do a Q&A section, me and one or two other guests. So if you have any questions about The Great Escape or about doing a Movies by Minute podcast or about me or <laughs> anything that you want to ask, it doesn't make a difference. You can ask us questions. And once we record episode 172, we will answer all of your questions, get them to us as quickly as possible. You know where to send them as a private message to Facebook, to Twitter, or you can send them to email any which way that we can see the questions and no one else will see them and we will answer them live for you. Thanks a lot, everyone.